close your eyes and praise Those Jesus today. After righteousness, your promises we will be filled till all that's left is. You give us the desires of our heart. You give us what to want. You give us what to crave till all Good morning, everybody. God bless you. And thank you for joining me here on this September 26th, 9 a.m. LFA TV. Live from America. All the greatness of the LFA family, the greatness of God, the hosts, the husbands and the wives that are there for each and every one of the people that are working here to bring this network to you. But really, most importantly, we want to give thanks right now to the fact that we even have the ability to do this. You know, three years ago or so, I could have easily folded up shop, stopped doing any kind of podcasting, stopped doing Live from America, or I believe it was Here We Go at that point. And I could have went back and I could have just done my career, worked my nine to five, had my little white picket fence family and my two dogs and lived out the rest of my life. But God said, no, no, we're not going to do that because uh, I need you uh, for what I put you on earth to do. And that's not slaving away, not making a difference. You're picked for something different than that. Get off of your butt, take a leap of faith, And that led me to today, doing Rise Up, 194 episodes in, almost 200 episodes in, where we give faith, we give our thanks for the faith uh, that we're able to have in God, in Jesus Christ, for what he did on the cross, and that we have a new covenant, we're under a new law, and that we can go back to heaven. I mean, what a ride. You look back on it now and you go, wow, you know, here we are. And 200 episodes is great, but, uh, you know, someday we'll hit 2,000 episodes. Rise Up will outlast Live from America. Whatever timeline God has for this and this Godcast and and the podcast network uh, known as LFA TV, I believe Rise Up will outlast everything. And uh, I'm happy to be a part of it. I'm joyful because of it. I'm so incredibly thankful and blessed to be in the driver's seat and to be sharing my personal journey with each and every one of you. So there's a thousand people in here. Um, and I really want to just say uh, good morning to all of you and God bless all of you. I hope that you woke up this morning, put your feet on the ground, smiled, prayed to God and, um, you know, prayed before you left your house over your family and your children, if they're still at home and your wife and, and, um, and now you're about your day. Maybe you're at work. Maybe you're on your way to work. Maybe you're retired and you're at home and you're getting ready to start your day, uh, your routine with Rise Up. But whatever it is, make sure that you give us a thumbs up. Make sure you share the video. And uh, let's get right into it today, folks. I titled the show Finite versus Infinite. There are two sides to every story. There are two sides to every coin. Finite versus Infinite. And I wrote this, finite means something has an end. Infinite means that there is no end. We are finite. God is infinite. 
Earth is finite. Heaven is infinite. There are two sides to everything, good and bad, tall and short, strong and weak, happy and... Now, a normal person would think that the next thing that I would say is unhappy, but I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say happy and joyful. Some people think those are the same thing. They are not. Hence the finite versus infinite discussion. So let's get into that this morning. Let's talk about it today. Please help me share the gospel, not gossip. Let's lift up our cups. Let's have our first uh, nice warm slurp of our Rise Up coffee as we start this Rise Up Godcast. Now, let's go to the Lord in prayer. In Jesus' name, please bow your heads and join with me as we give honor to the one who gives us everything. Lord and Heavenly Father, Lord, today we come before you humbled servants that have been delivered into this life of peace and joy that you offer us through Jesus Christ. And as many times as we have and will get off that narrow path, we are so very grateful for you and the people that you use to bring us back on before we cause too much harm to ourselves, maybe permanent damage to ourselves and our family. Lord, today, please help us understand the difference between lasting and everlasting. Help us understand the difference between finite and infinite. Help us understand that our decisions have infinite consequences. Our decisions outlast our physical bodies. Everything is a domino effect. Everything is connected, and it's all connected and sourced back to you, Lord. Please help us make you proud. Please help us make you happy. Please help us make a smile be formed on your face when you think of us and you turn your face and gaze towards us. In Jesus' name, we thank you and pray. Amen. In God's hand says, my son is asking questions about finite and infinite. Okay, well, we're going to discuss that today. The easiest way to understand this is now there's an easy way and there's a more difficult way to understand this. Finite means it will end. Infinite means it will not. Okay? It will never end. God is infinite. He is the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. He has no beginning. He has no finish. Right? We can't understand that because everything that we know is finite. This very earth that we're living on is finite. No matter what shape you believe it is, it is finite. It will end. God's word is infinite. Was there before the earth will be, will be there long after the earth is gone. Okay? Now, I want to get to the verse of the day today because I think I explain the best way that I can that happiness is finite and joy is infinite, infinite. So let me ask you a question. Do you think, now that we are 20 minutes past the hour nearly, and we have 1,200 people watching, my question is this. Can you be happy, or excuse me, can you be joyful and extremely unhappy at the same time? Can you be extremely joyful 
and extremely unhappy at the same time. I want to bring up the Rumble Chat. I want to see what you guys think because it's important. Pop it in. Can you be extremely joyful and extremely unhappy at the same time? LL says yes. Angry Dog says yes. Grammy Love says absolutely. Conservative says I think it's possible. Yes, of course. T. Mitchell says no. One Hairy Leg says no. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. A lot of yeses. Yes, I think so. Bacard says no. Only on the surface. No, I don't think you can be. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you that I believe that you can be extremely joyful and extremely unhappy at the same time. And there are reasons why I believe, biblically, that you can be extremely joyful and extremely unhappy at the same time, and that's because they're not the same thing. They're actually very different from each other. As night and day, as Vermont from New Hampshire, they look the same upside down. Very different states. Yes, I believe you can be extremely joyful and extremely unhappy at the same time. And I think that I am living proof of that in many ways in the last few months of my life. I am very unhappy with things. And right now, I am very unhappy with things that are in my life. But I am more joyful than I've been, maybe ever, right now. That means that all of the things that I am unhappy with going on in my life around me right now that I wish I could change at the blink of an eye because it is extremely damaging to a lot of people and a lot of things that's happening in my life right now, I am able to compartmentalize in a way that I've never been able to since my date with God this weekend. I am able to, I went to heaven, I went to God, and, and my soul was given a new, like clear, like a charge. I've been supercharged. I am extremely joyful. I can put a smile on my face and the inside of my body is not wrestling with itself. I can be at complete peace right now knowing that a million things in my life are going very badly. So because of my personal experience right now, I believe that you can be extremely joyful and extremely unhappy at the same time. Now I want to read for you what I put out in the verse of the day. And then I'm going to read something very special and very important to you to help you understand not only the difference between finite and infinite, but using joy and happiness, which a lot of people think are connected, to show you the difference between finite and infinite, okay? I said this, good morning. I pray that your week has started off godly. Grammy Love says, wow, Jeremy, that gives me chills. A date with Jesus sounds wonderful. Well, I don't know what it will do for you, but I can tell you it's done something infinite in me, okay? I pray that your week has started off godly and great no matter what is happening around you. I am learning so much how to find permanent joy in the Lord. Happiness just comes and goes because it's an earthly thing. Today... We will discuss the difference between finite and infinite. And I gave you three verses that talk about joy. The first comes from John 15, 11, all from the New King James Version. 
It says, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Now, God chick says she can see it. Can you guys see? Can you guys see the joy in me? Although I am very unhappy with many things that are happening. Hebrews 12, 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Galatians 5.22 Looking unto Jesus. Oh, did I? Oh, I think I messed up those. I think I put both Galatians for Hebrews and Galatians. Long story short, ladies and gentlemen, it tells you that the joy that you have is only because of what Jesus has done on the cross and full belief and trust in him and what he did on the cross and why he did it, knowing that he overcame death. That joy, that's eternal. That's forever. Now, what is the definition of happiness and joy? Well, I can tell you from the Lexham Bible Dictionary what it says. Joy. The Lexham Bible Dictionary states that joy is more of a state of being than an emotion. Now, I'm going to keep going and I'm going to keep reading, but I'm going to stop right there because I wanted to separate joy and happiness and to show you how different they really are, okay? I've been happy pretty much my whole life, but I've been joyless for that entire time. And I've only experienced pockets of joy since becoming a Christian in 2016. I've not been joyful that full time. I've been happy during that time, but I've not experienced joy for that full time because I did not accept and receive the joy fully until this weekend. God was giving it to me. God gave it to me back in 2016, and I've experienced pockets of joy, and I, like I said, I've had, I've had many, 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 many happy days, but I had not received joy in its fullness until this weekend. Let's you know that this journey with Jesus is going to be forever because it's always changing. So joy is, st- is a state of being, not an emotion, a result of choice. The key difference between happiness and joy by the Lexham Bible Dictionary is happiness tends to be achieved externally while joy is something achieved internally. Can you be unhappy and joyful at the same time? My answer is yes, you can. Now I want to read something very special for you. See if I can, um, where did I have that? Give me one second here. Um, ba bum bum bum. I had something pulled up that I really wanted to read for you today. 
Now I'm having a hard time finding it. Okay, I got it. Phew, I found it. All right, let's get into it. Make sure we're all good. We got 1,260 people watching. Okay, perfect. Happiness is external. Joy is internal. One of the very obvious differences between happiness and joy is that happiness tends to be achieved externally while joy is something achieved internally. For example, we can feel happy when we receive something like a gift or achieve something like awards or honors. These things are external or belong to the surface of our lives. It is not something deeper, but rather something superficial. Joy, on the other hand, is something deeper. It is something that we feel internally in our lives as human beings. For example, when we feel great joy, or um, when we worship God the Father, and when we feel great joy is when we remember our Lord Jesus Christ dying on the cross to save us from our sins. It's something that can immediately trigger the emotion that brings tears. Immediately. You don't even need to see it. Joy is something to do with our inner nature rather than our outer nature of our human character. John 15, 11 says, we are reminded by this, which I wrote and I, in, in my newsletter, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Happiness is bliss. Joy is selfless. Another major difference between happiness and joy, two very different things, again, is that happiness is merely a bliss while joy is something selfless. When you experience something blissful, it means it is um, ephemeral and something that can end in an instance. Happiness, therefore, is something that can end once it is felt. It does not sustain. For example, when you feel very unhappy because someone you like finally said, or when you feel very happy, excuse me, that someone you like finally said they like you back, this kind of feeling is fleeting, and therefore it's just happiness. On the other hand, joy is something more selfless, which means that you may have joy when it is not for mere personal gain. When you feel emotion thinking about how Jesus Christ died to save us, then it's joy. When you feel emotion when your loved one finally receives Christ, then that is joy. When you feel emotion when your loved one is experiencing joy, like giving birth, for instance, then that too is joy. Because you're receiving a gift that only God can give you. That feeling when your child is born, that is joy. You should be able to echo and, and mimic that feeling over and over and over again if you are in Christ. You can never mimic that feeling. You can never ever have that feeling of when you had a child outside of God. Period. It's that simple. You'll never, you'll chase that feeling for the rest of your life. Why do you think some women want to have children all the time? I know women who love being pregnant and who love having children. Does that mean they love raising seven kids, going through the same kind of discipline over and over and over and over again? No, it's exhausting. It literally drains your life force from you. But at the same time, it's for a good reason. It's for joy. They chase that feeling. They chase that joy. I know women that are not godly that chase the joy of having children. And when they can just chase the joy of finding Christ. 
You don't need to go through all that physical, uh, you know, five, six, seven kids just to feel that joy, to chase joy only. Now, accepting uh, gifts from God is perfect. But if you don't believe in God and you're chasing that joy, you might want to switch up the way you think, especially in a Biden economy. There's no way you can raise seven kids. Okay. In Hebrews 12, 2, we are reminded that fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. This is where I mixed up Galatians and Hebrews. For the joy set before him, he endured on the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Happiness is a pleasure. Joy is a sacrifice. So salty says, that's my daughter. She is a believer, but can't find joy. Then she's not a true believer. See, a believer just doesn't mean I believe in Christ. The demons believe Christ exists. There's a difference between believing and giving yourself over. Giving and giving, uh, believing and giving it up, giving up to God. You got to give it all up and you got to receive it. I believe in a lot of things, but I don't live that lifestyle. I believe drugs are bad. I believe alcohol is real. I don't live in that lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? There are many types of pleasures in this world that can make a person happy. A rapist can be happy raping. A murderer can be happy murdering. That feeling goes away and they need to go and do that again, right? While joy is more of a sacrifice, there are many types of pleasures, but there are very few things in the world that bring you joy. The acts of the flesh are obvious, and they are... Sexual immorality makes people happy, right? Impurity and debauchery makes people happy. But joy, that's something that can be, that's something that can be achieved and explained in a completely different way. Sacrifice, giving a kidney for somebody. That's a joyful thing to do. Giving your time or sacrificing your future of a career for somebody or for something else. That brings joy. The fruit of the Spirit are these things. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. When you have joy, you will show the world externally those things. But they come from your internal being. They come from God. Therefore, joy is a spiritual fruit that is given to us by the Spirit. Joy is not only attained here on earth, but is also something that we connect with God because it is given us, given us to us by the Spirit. Happiness, on the other hand, is something achievable only here on earth. Worldly things, concepts, and emotions are achieved on earth and stops there. For example, when you finally learn how to drive a car, it makes you happy. Or you finally are able to bake a chocolate cake, it makes you happy. These are worldly natures, and they are achieved here on earth, period. So there's a big difference between happiness and joy. And the biggest difference is what I titled today's show, Happiness Will End, Joy Will Not. My joy does not end where my unhappiness begins. Like I said, there are many things in my own life right now that I am very unhappy with. Many of them, ladies and gentlemen... Hold on. So making love to your spouse 
Is sex not joy? No, Larry. Having sex outside of wedlock is happiness. Not joy. Having sex with your wife brings joy because you're making love. You have sex with people you're not married to. You make love to somebody that you've dedicated your life to under God and committed your life to. Making love brings joy. Having sex brings happiness. One is eternal. One is not. I am so joyful in my life right now because of the spirit and the way it's convicted me this weekend and the time that I spent with it and the supercharge that I got going back there. I've been renewed by the spirit. If I didn't do that, all I would be is unhappy. But I am unhappy and joyful. Alicia says you can be married without a government license. Yes, you can. Still, you have to dedicate and commit yourself to that person under, the, under God with witnesses. Again, without joy, I would right now just be an unhappy loudmouth podcaster, not a joyful loudmouth Godcaster. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to bring me to my first video. Actually, my only video of the day. And you're in for a surprise and you're in for a treat because, like I said, usually we reserve these for Friday, but he has been on a roll lately. And when he is on a roll, then we'd like to honor that. So, ladies and gentlemen, Ray Comfort. And if you'll just simply repent and trust in him, God promises, and he cannot lie, he'll grant you everlasting life as a free gift. Am I speaking the truth? Ladies, can I have permission to interview you for YouTube at all media purposes? Yes. 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 You afraid of death? I would say a little bit. I'm afraid of death not really for myself, but for the people around me and how it might impact those that I love. I would feel more for the people that I leave than for myself. Do you ever read the Bible? I have. Like, only parts of it, but not, like, the whole thing. And you afraid of dying? No. Where are you going when you die? I think if you're kind and helpful and generous, hopefully you go up to a place that some people call heaven. The Bible says this, every single human being is haunted by the fear of death all their lifetime. There's this haunting thought that I'm going to be put in a box six feet under the ground. I'm going to die and leave everything I love, the blueness of the sky, my dog, my mum and dad, everything. And so I know that we often hold back from saying that we're fearful of dying because we're proud. We don't want to seem vulnerable. How good do you have to be? I mean, how kind do you have to be? Do you have to give away a car no. or a house? I think you need to help people that are struggling, and if you're truly repentive, you're supposed to be forgiven. Are you absolutely certain of that? Yes. Because the Bible says something different. I know it does, but that's my belief. So do you read the Bible? I did, but it's been a while. Same thing, I grew up going to church, um, but with like college, it's gotten a little more complicated. I grew up going to church too for a little bit. I do, I go to church like, practically every Sunday. Do you know why you're going to die according to the Bible? I don't. Do you? No. 
Okay, have you ever heard the Bible verse, the wages of sin is death? You have? Yeah. It's saying that God is paying you in death for your sins. Like a judge looks at a criminal that's committed multiple murders, and he says, you're not concerned at what you've done, but I'm going to show you how serious your crime is. I'm giving you the death sentence. This is your wages. This is what you've earned. This is what we're paying you. And ladies, sin is so serious to a holy God, he's given you the death sentence. You're on death row. You're waiting to die. And your death will be evidence to you that God is deadly serious about sin. Now, here's a big question. Do you think God is justified in putting you to death, or do you think you're a good person? I'm a good person. I think whether you're a good person or a bad person, death is just natural and will happen no matter what. Do you believe what the Bible says? Certain parts. I feel like some things in the Old Testament, I believe everything happened, but sometimes it's a little complicated to like live your life by every single thing in the Old Testament, I would say. Such as? What woman can or can't do, things like that. Like, yeah. If you read Proverbs 31, it speaks of the honor of a woman, the place of honor as a businesswoman. Christianity treats women with tremendous respect and honor. So the Bible exalts women. You know, God made women in his image. Yeah. The Bible doesn't say death is natural. It says death is your enemy. And you can overcome an enemy. And that's what we're going to talk about. I'm dying. There's a knife in my back. I'm terrified of going to hell, and I say to you, I've done things that are morally wrong. I've committed adultery, looked to pornography, lied and stolen. I'm scared of going to hell. What should I do to be saved? What would you tell me? I would say, if you believe in the power of prayer, ask for forgiveness. I've done that. doesn't help. I'm still terrified. What can I do? If you're still terrified, then maybe you don't believe in a higher power. I do. I, that's why I'm scared. I'm scared I've sinned against God. Donna, I've now got one and a half minutes to live, and you're not helping me. I'm terrified. Please tell me, how do I be saved? I think you should just go with it, and I'll hold you in my arms, and I'll try to help your transition as for it to be as easy as possible. Well, that's very kind, but it's not helping. So I'm going to share the gospel with you so that you know what to say to someone who's in your arms dying and who says, how can I be saved? Because the Bible makes it very clear. To do so, I'm going to have to back up and look at the Ten Commandments. Can you handle that? Sure. Donna, do you think you're a good person morally? Yes, I do. How many lies have you told in your life? Plenty. Have you ever used God's name in vain? Uh, a few times, yes. Okay. Do you love your mum? I did. I still do. She's not with us anymore. Would you ever use her name as a cuss word? Oh, no. Never. Of course not, because you respect her. But you don't respect the God that gave you a mother because you took his holy name and used it as a cuss word. No. Very serious. Punishable yes. by death in the Old Testament. Yes, I do. One to go, and I appreciate your honesty. This is embarrassing for me, but Jesus said, if you look with lust, you commit adultery in the heart. Have you ever looked with lust? Yes. Oh, lust. Yes, I think everybody has lust. <laughs> appreciate your honesty. You've told me you're a liar, a blasphemer, and an adulterer at heart. So if God judges you by those Ten Commandments, on Judgment Day, you're going to be innocent or guilty? I'll be guilty, but if he's a forgiving God, he'll forgive me. On what basis does God forgive? A judge just can't let a criminal go that's guilty. So if you're guilty on Judgment Day, would you go to heaven or hell? I don't know. Hell? Don't know. Well, the Bible says all liars will their part in the lake of fire. No thief, no blasphemer, no adulterer will inherit God's kingdom. This is how you can know that you've got everlasting life. You've heard of Jesus dying on the cross? Yes. Most people have, but they don't know this. And Donna, this will change everything for you if you can get a grip of it. The Ten Commandments are called the moral law. You and I broke the law. Jesus came and paid the fine. That's why he said it is finished just before he died. He was saying paid in full. 
If you're in court and you've got speeding fines, a judge will let you go if someone pays those fines. You say you're guilty, but you're out of here because someone's paid your fine. Even though you're guilty, you walk and it's legal. Well, God can legally take that death sentence off you because of what Jesus did on the cross, all because of his death and resurrection. And if you'll just simply repent and trust in him, God promises and he cannot lie or grant you everlasting life as a free gift. Am I speaking the truth? I'm not going to lie, I zoned out a little bit. Say that again? I zoned out a little bit, so I don't fully know what you said. You zoned out? I saw the waves and they're pretty. Okay. <laughs> Do you believe Satan's real? Yes. Do you know what he does according to the Bible? He invades the world and he uh, makes everyone sin. Well, this is what he does. The Bible says, he blinds the minds of those that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine to them. When you zone out and hearing that the gift of God is eternal life, you can bet that Satan's doing his work. So make sure you listen. Everlasting life is a free gift of God because of what Jesus did on the cross. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Make sense to you? Yes. At the moment, you're trusting in your goodness to save you. It's like someone going to jump out of a plane. They say, this is my plan. I'm going to flap my arms and try and save myself. You and I would say to that person, don't do that. That's not going to work. Trust the parachute. So don't trust your goodness to save you. It's not going to work on Judgment Day. Just transfer your trust from yourself to the Savior. You going to think about what we talked about? Absolutely. Okay. Do you have a Bible at home? I do. Can I give you a book that I've written? Sure. It's called Scientific Facts in the Bible. Thank you. Nice to meet you, Donna. You too. Thank, Thank you. you so much. When are you going to die? I don't know. Do you know how many people die every 24 hours? 150,000. 54 million every year. And many of them are young people who are making plans for tomorrow. So please think about what we talked about today with a sense of urgency and examine my tone. Why am I talking to you like this? It's because I know what I'm saying is true and I really do care about you. And I want to see you in heaven, not in hell. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Thank you. So you're going to think about this? Yes. Yeah. You, you kept listening? Yes. <laughs> I go to church every Sunday. So yes, yeah, yeah. I, I hope everyone goes to yeah. heaven as well. When did you last read your Bible? I didn't read my Bible at home, but I read the Bible at church. God gave you life. The reason you see is because he gave you the gift of eyes. The reason you could taste food, taste buds, hear good music, because he gave you ears to hear. So everything you have comes from God, so put him first in your life. Number one, love him with heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the Bible says he's esteemed his word above his name, so read that Bible daily. It's his love letter to you. Make sense? Yes, sir. You're going to think about all this? Yes, I will. Yes. Yes. It's a little booklet called Save Yourself Some Pain, Principles of Christian Growth in It. Okay? okay? Nice to meet you, ladies. Real quick, here is... Well, I zoned out. Sorry, I wasn't listening. That was rude. You know, even if, um, even if that girl didn't agree with everything that Ray was saying, to say I zoned out, sorry, I wasn't listening, but that's this generation. She probably didn't even realize... How disrespectful that was. I got to be honest, as good as my kids are, they'll do and say things sometimes that are just so incredibly disrespectful and rude, and they'll go, I didn't know. And I'm like, how did you not know? Like, how, how is that? How did you not know? How's that not common sense? But then I got to remember being 14 or 15 and, 
and you know how I thought I had no wisdom whatsoever. So, um, yeah. Okay, I was just reading some of the comments there. Uh, like my son the other day, the one that's driving now, um, my stepson, he was driving his father's car um, and came and drove up to our house because they were in town while he was at his dad's house. And uh, he was driving his father's car. And when he pulled up, uh, you know, me and my wife and his father out there on the sidewalk in front of our house talking. And he says to his, uh, to his dad, he's like, this car isn't like mom's car. And he goes, what do you mean? He goes, I just, I don't know. It's different. I don't like it. It's just that the gas is weird. The, 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 the steering is weird. I just, I don't like it. And it's like, you don't realize what you're saying there. Like how now his father and I, we all just know he's 16 and he's just like, okay, well all cars are different, buddy. But what he was basically getting at is his dad's car was a piece of crap, which it kind of, I wouldn't say it is a piece of crap, but it's not very nice. And it's just kind of rude to say, you know, you just don't say that stuff. You say it in different ways. And I'm 44 and I'm learning how to do that as well. Just so you know. I'm 44 years old and I'm learning now that a lot of the things that I say, I don't mean them to be rude or to be hurtful, but it's the way I say it. It's my demeanor. You know what I mean? Like, I'll say, if somebody says, hey, where's this? And I'll be like, it's right there on the desk. To me, to other people, they'll go, well, you didn't have to say it like that. And I'll go, I didn't mean anything. I was literally saying it's right there on the desk. But it's my demeanor and the way I say it. So sometimes it's not about really what they mean. It's how they say it, you know. And uh, that generation, sorry I wasn't paying attention. She probably didn't even realize it. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Okay, one minute prayer for dads. Okay, so we've been um, very busy here at LFA for quite some time. And, you know, sometimes we have a pile of, uh, you know, letters that we haven't read yet or a pile of, um, you know, Bibles that we haven't sent out yet. We do eventually get to them. And we have a pile of Bibles that we have to send out from people requesting. We also have about 10 of these one minute prayer for dads. So if you go to jeremyharrell.com, you can actually request this in the note section and we can get it out to you. First come, first serve, by the way. So if you want a one minute prayer for dads, for your sons or for your husbands or for anything, uh, you can request it there. Demi Cat, thank you very much. We appreciate it. By the way, anybody who's ordered on the store for the last three days, we've not been able to send it out because our computer kind of crapped the bed and we just took it to get it fixed today. So if we get that back today, we'll get everything caught up, okay? Complete Joy from 1 John 1, 4, page 37 of One Minute Prayer for Dads. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. If fatherhood isn't a joy, then something is wrong. If the lack of joy is due to temporary adversity, it will eventually pass. But if the joy has long been absent, and I think you can say this in your marriage as well, or if you're a mom looking at your child as well, okay? then it's time to get proactive in finding renewed joy. Well, the only place you can find that that I know of is the B-I-B-L-E. If the matter is spiritual, ask God for times of refreshing. I had that this weekend. If your job is robbing you of joy, you may have to consider a change. 
even if you have to take a cut in salary. Money is not worth joy. If there's a conflict between you and your wife, the kids will pick up on this. If the conflict isn't easily resolved, go for counseling. There's no shame in getting help. A good licensed Christian counselor is one of God's tools to get us back on track to renew our joy. Lord, my kids are a great source of joy, but you are my true source of joy. Your joy motivates me to do well in all my pursuits, including fatherhood. When adverse situations rob me of joy, please remind me that you never change and thus my access to joy never changes. At such times, I need to take my eyes off of the joy-robbing situations and look again to you. Thank you for ceaseless joy. Father, I need it today. Now, last night, I asked my wife if she would like to get some crackers and cheese. We love, we live in New England, so we love New England stuff. We love New England uh, dairy. We love New England crackers and chips and maple syrup, and we shop locally. We like to get local things. So I said, hey, I have to go out to this place called Beaver Pond. It's a small farm stand that has, you know, stuff from every farm in the area. I said, I have to go out to Beaver Pond this Thursday because Frankie's coming up from New York this week, producer Frankie, and we're help, and we're going to move the, in, into the new studio. And I'm going to send Frankie back with some New England stuff, some New Hampshire stuff for Mike and uh, Kevin and Frankie and his uh, fiance. And I said, while I'm there, I'm going to pick up some um, crackers and cheeses. Would you like to have a date with me on this Thursday night um, over, with cracker and cheese and, and, and go over scripture together? Kind of like I did with God this weekend. And she said she would like that because, you know, we've been experiencing some turmoil in our marriage lately. And um, it's, you know, it's because joy has kind of left in a lot of areas. And we're going to go back to where you get that joy from. We know the source of that joy is God. So we're going to have crackers and we're going to have cheese and we're going to uh, we're going to go through scripture together and probably Isaiah or uh, or Proverbs or Ephesians or something like that or whatever she wants to go through. And uh, because it's going to be great. And so we know that the source to get more joy, we know where it is. We know how to get there. So we're going to go there and we're going to get it because God promises that to us. And that to us is a lot of stress and anxiety taken off our plate because where most couples don't know where to go get this joy, we know the we know the route. We have the map. We have the treasure map. So, you know, maybe you guys could do this in your lives as well. If you are experiencing what me and my wife are experiencing, or if you're just not feeling the joy you once did. Liberty Girl 20 says, oh, I wish my husband would do that. Your husband doesn't do that kind of stuff? Like, if it's one thing that I've always done in my marriage, it's always, always do some kind of a date or a surprise. Or, or if it's one thing I am, I'm definitely a romantic. I wear my heart on my sleeve. That is for sure. It's one thing I've always done in my marriage, and it's never gone away. Flowers here and there. That's just something that I was raised to do. 
But unfortunately, some of my bad moments outweigh some of my good moments. So, you know. Got to get that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. Uh, Liberty Girl, since he won't read the Bible, maybe uh, take verses out of the Bible from like maybe a newer version. It doesn't sound like this, this, the, hath, thou, and them. And uh, maybe just don't tell him that. Maybe just say, I want to read these, uh, these relationship enhancers. That's what you can call them. Relationship enhancers. I think that would be, say, hey, I got these relationship enhancers I'd like to read to you. And then just take different verses that are modern, that don't sound like they're from the Bible, about joy and happiness and being one with your wife and all that. And say, hey, can we have uh, cheese crackers, maybe some wine, and, and, and go over through these relationship enhancers? <laughs> maybe, you know, I guess if you're tricking him and deceiving him and for that reason, it's not called deceiving. It's just called guiding, right? Uh, be in prayer. Let's read from this. Ephesians 6, 18. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. You hear that, folks? All kinds of prayers and requests. All right, we're going to play some music on our way out while we read this. Okay. When I was young, I thought when you prayed, you needed to be on bended knee. Hands folded and eyes closed. Of course, my thoughts on that changed over the years. Yet I think there are probably many out there who feel that praying to God only happens when you do it intentionally. I now think that God hears many of our prayers even when our lips aren't moving. Sometimes when just driving down a highway or sitting in a park, my mind goes into deep meditation and pursues what I did that day and how I treated others on my daily journey. Many times I realized that I didn't make the best decisions or represent God in a way that I would, that would shine his light into a dark, dark world. These thoughts are definitely prayers. As I realize my mistakes and contemplate on how to make amends for anything that didn't live up, that for anything that I did not live up to Christ's example, I apologize and I repent for that. And I stay in prayer. And I hope the rest of you can stay in prayer throughout your day. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, remember, joy is eternal and infinite. Happiness is finite and temporary. I love you guys. God bless each and every one of you. Listen to this great music on the way out. Sean Farish and Ungoverned comes up next. Followed by Live from America with yours truly. Until then, I'm giving all my love to God. I pray that you guys can too. God bless.
Gentle surgeon, he walked. 